0: By May 28, 2024, routine securities trades will need to be settled in one day. Aimed at addressing market volatility, the new rule by the SEC means capital market firms and wealth and asset managers will need to reduce manual processes and ensure lower cost of operation. In this podcast, we'll discuss how we can help you understand how to take a comprehensive view of existing operational processes and technology to ensure you're ready for T plus one will also point the way forward to intelligent automation as a major step toward meeting that very mandate. Hello, my name is John Almeida, I'm the Global Head of Wealth and Asset Management at ServiceNow and welcome to episode one of Operation Automation, a podcast series that exc- explores how the wealth and asset management industry can future proof operations and elevate experiences for clients and advisors through intelligent automation. I have the privilege of being joined today by Ryan clear. He's the head of corporate change management and digital transformation lead at Jeffries about how his firm adopted a manufacturing mentality to unify processes and prepare Jeffries for that aforementioned arrival of T plus one next year. We hope you enjoy the conversation today, Ryan. Welcome. I know I gave you just a brief introduction here a few seconds ago, but would you kindly expand upon that and tell us about your current role at Jefferies and how it has evolved over the last few years?
1: Oh, sure, John. Um, so when I started this journey and talking to you on a more regular basis, John, I was uh, leading operations change and financial um, controllers change globally at Jefferies. Uh, more recently, I've moved into managing um, change across corporate, so typically the support f- functions of investment banking, um, and I also lead the T1 initiative, as well as lead a number of digital um, programs or initiatives at Jefferies. I mean, really, from the adoption and the sort of uh, idealization stage of of the um, digital journey versus like the
0: implementation side of it. Perfect. Sounds like a big job, a very important one at that. Ryan, so so on the heels of that, tell us a little bit about what the biggest problem that you were trying to solve through digital transformation related to post-trade operations.
1: I think the best way to summarize it is: there's a lot of legacy banking platforms out there that were, you know, most firms use across the street. Um, pretty good engines work, very successful. Can settle a trade, communicate without outside venues like DTC, um, but then. When you have to do the exception management, that's where the pain starts. You have to jump out of those systems, swivel chair, use the Microsoft products from Outlook, Word, Excel to effectively build your your data points or your information that you're required to resolve those. And then you're on this journey of like talking to external counterparties and internal um, stakeholders to resolve those issues. Um, As you can imagine, even answering an email yourself takes a couple of minutes You know, you have thousands of those before you know it, your whole day has been spent answering emails uh, and trying to deal with problems. So we embarked on a journey using ServiceNow to try and build a case management across all of our um, legacy post-trade platforms to try and build that intertwined communication capability and exception management and risk management as well, trying to change uh, a lot of our Processing um, production type tasks to become from a more of a a risk basis, not just you know work from the top of the list to the bottom.
0: Got it. So there's that manufacturing mentality. I I I think I'm hearing right. And and this is about pain with exceptions, is it not right? These fails, these errors, these these trades that don't fail, that don't settle. I should say as cleanly as one would hope, and especially considering this. T plus one mandate that's coming next year, taking 24 hours out of the system in order to settle these trades, actually presents a challenge. So I, I applaud you for that thought leadership and seeing that the swivel chair and you know M- Microsoft has great products certainly, but uh, they're not considered case management or workflow and 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 communicating with counterparties and and considering the risk management of this that you needed a platform uh, to really. Uh, mitigate some of the challenges in in doing that. So, so Ryan, let's expand upon what you just said. What was your vision and guiding principles to achieve that very vision? And what was the, let's say, aha moment in realizing that ServiceNow could help you achieve that vision?
1: We wanted a capability that could sit as a fabric layer across our legacy platforms and, you know, future platforms as well. And like you said, mentioned about uh, case management and workflow, We wanted all of that capability encompassing. We didn't want to add to the technology stack with another six or seven systems. So really ServiceNow allowed us to have that fabric layer across our legacy platforms, but be a continuous sort of um, build-out capability because it's a platform versus solving the email problem, then solving the chat problem, maybe solving the documentation and audit problem, audibility to pull it up, you know, if we're being uh, reviewed by regulators or audit. We wanted that all to be in one place. But then even outside, once we start to solve that as a problem, which we're probably about 18 months into our journey, we wanted the ability to go beyond that. So why stop at just doing the email communication and the case management? Why can't you action workflow that maybe interacts with one of those legacy systems or pulls information back from there too? You've got a, a workstation. We call it OWS, which is Ops Workstation. It gives you the ability to be in one single pane of glass, sort of creating an iPhone for our operations team, which is very different to just solving individual problems one at a time. We needed a capability that we can continue to grow with. And as now starts to develop and implement, uh, and generative AI is a massive topic at the moment, as solutions start to come into the platform, we can explore and use those and, and adapt the process to, You know, include those which, you know, typically you would do in building blocks uh, yourself, or you would use a number of different platforms to try and solve the problem.
0: I love what you said about the iPhone for operations, right? It's it's the whole concept of what we like to call uh, addressing the messy middle, right? the The operations that sit in the middle and back office uh, typically don't get the attention. One would say that the front office and the investment that goes into the uh, front office. So having that, what you said, that fabric layer, that connective tissue uh, across legacy systems, integrating with those to avoid this swivel chair, I think is what I'm hearing uh, a platform and, and one-stop shopping for all your operations teams. So they finally have a command central to orchestrate their work. Would you Would you agree with that? I
1: would. And, and as you said, you know, T1 is a, a pressing initiative um, for next year. And it takes out 24 hours but the real story is like you know you've you've got to do everything on t0 um, you could execute a trade at you know 12 p.m in the afternoon and you've got to get it all closed out by the end of the day so you've even got less than 24 hours now you don't really have any um ability to roll into the next day because there'll be funding costs or uh and in some cases there's a new sec ruling as well which governs uh, you have to complete certain tasks you know, your allocations by 7 p.m. and your affirmations by 9 p.m. on T0. So, you know, they're going to be looking for you to enforce that and police that going into, you know, the back end of 24. So really you have to get rid of all these manual tasks and be able to also deal with your more high-profile, high-risk transactions and close them out in a in a good time or escalate them when they need to be. Uh, where, as you can imagine using email capabilities, it's just not feasible. Um, and, and also a lot of the time the work goes into with these operational users is creating their work stack for the day. We've got to remove that time. We don't have two hours to build a report, then to review a report, then to go out to your counterparties. We need to be coming in in the morning and working on that report as soon as we get it. Totally. And that's what service service now starts to create and allow us to do.
0: Totally, Ryan, right. and and I appreciate that. And again, you're, you're I always enjoy talking to you about this because you're always thinking a few steps ahead. We said at the outset of this podcast that the SEC has put a drop dead date of May 28th of next year, 2024, for T1. But you're absolutely right. What we're hearing is T0 uh, may not be that far behind T1. So I applaud you for thinking that far ahead and saying let's just get to T0. And when that if it, when drops, we're going to, we're going to be ready for that. But Ryan, you also mentioned a minute ago, you said something that's the, the new hot topic in the market, which is uh generative AI, right? So AI is getting hot and heavy again in, 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 uh, in the workplace. So you're a few years into this motion with us and you've launched a few use cases around case management as we've been discussing. So remind us again of those initial use cases where you are now and what are you planning in the future with AI? Um, so we're
1: planning to finish post-trade
0: settlements, so not including corporate actions and
1: um, margin and collateral and so on, purely the settlement process by the end of this year. Um, as I mentioned to you, we've been probably going since the start of beginning of 22. Um, we delivered three or four use cases now across that trade lifecycle um, from fails management to um your, um, and your pre-matching in some markets, um, we'll be looking to roll out a buy-ins module, uh, as well as within ServiceNow and we delivered one of our first use cases was around controlling CSDR and the claims component around that European regulation. We delivered that within the first three months of starting to use ServiceNow and we've been live now for, well, over a year with that. Um, where we're starting to explore now with some of the different capabilities with ServiceNow, we've We did a POC earlier this year using your new um, sort of work distribution AI module. Uh, That was very successful. We hit, you know, plus 65 on our first round of testing. Um, So we're working out how to deploy that within our middle office function at the moment. Uh, And then we're also going to be using, you know, ServiceNow to deliver on some of the capabilities for T1. So we're trying to build our plan around encompassing the T1 deliverables plus that AI um, component with uh, work distribution. Uh, again, that's trying to get the the exceptions and the work related to an individual into the palm of their hands at the start of the day, rather than having gatekeepers, sorters, distributors, analysts to try and work out, okay, what does this exception relate to? Who do, who should it go to? What client does it belong to? You know, That sort of um, chain of events just sucks up time. Uh, and ServiceNow's new AI capability is going to allow us to, like I said, 65% match on the first go, pretty high. I'm sure as we continue to use that model, we'll be closer to the 90s uh, throughout 24.
0: So significant. I mean, 65% right out of the gate and with with an aspiration to get to 90 is really astonishing. So again, applaud you for that type of leadership and, and thought process that you guys put into that. And and I love what you said about that proactive work distribution or what we like to call advanced work assignment, right? So you can let folks work on higher value um, uh, tasks within their job and that, that organically leads to better job satisfaction, right? And that's just a start, John.
1: If you think if you get the work into the right place, then with the capability and service now where you can orchestrate workflow, then you can kick off the workflow, which the user is typically doing themselves. but. You know, once you have got all that information categorized into the right place, the model's even helping the managers understand what the team are doing on a regular basis in more detail and what, where their efforts being um, focused. So we're also with your team starting to do a POC now on pro- the process mining application, um, the service now starts to roll out. That's going to allow us to see where the workload's going and can we orchestrate workflow along with that. In addition, which will you know, even saving more time and provide a better service out to our clients.
0: That's perfect, Ryan. So, process mining, identifying potential bottlenecks, again, proactiveness on 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 your on your end, and and giving managers, I guess, what you said is a thumb on the pulse of their business, so they have visibility and transparency to everything that's going on. So that's. Uh, that's brilliant, um, Ryan. So th- this is a lot of of, of knowledge here that you're uh, expanding upon us. And again, I applaud you for that thought leadership and and the way you guys are thinking about this and your proactiveness. As we end the 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 as we get to closer to the end of this podcast, I should say, any closing comments for anyone who will be uh, listening to this, and any tips or 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 advice that you would give them on their journey.
1: Yeah, I think um with the capability around FSO and CSM, financial services operations, um that you know that you're in charge of, John, I think people need to explore that in, in quite a lot of detail because, you know, there is a an undertone that ServiceNow is a you know coming from the IT world, a ticketing uh tool. So as when people start to explore it, they're like, okay, you know, is that really is that really the solution? Um but once you build out the case management capability of all the other modules that are now coming into play and could be used. What I basically summarized today is that, you know, you can get your exception to the right place. You can have the full audibility around it. You can have manager oversight. So you're empowering your managers to see exactly what's going on at any point in time. You can then look back over a period of time to see where your bottlenecks and what's driving some of your workload to continually improve and adjust. Where, you know, typically you roll out a new process or a new platform. Unless you go back and review it. It slowly deteriorates over time and you know manual steps come into play. Enhancements don't get raised because a user doesn't think that the enhancements can be fixed. And before you know it, you took an hour process, made it half an hour, it's back up to 45 minutes. Where With some of these other capabilities, you can keep on improving that and hopefully take it from 30 minutes to 25 to 20 and make it go the right way rather than the wrong way over time. And I just think generally ServiceNow are quite open to work with you on POCs, as you meant, I mentioned, we've done two this year. Uh, they're not small POCs. You know, the team are very supportive in doing that. Uh, another process, because I think we're some of the pioneers in doing some of these workflows within ServiceNow. They're not modules that are being rolled out by FSO because they're focused on capital markets. We're also using the research team at ServiceNow to come in and look at our the way we are performing tasks in case management within ServiceNow. So you know, between us and ServiceNow, we can build the best tool that ServiceNow allows us to build, and we're kicking off that as well in the, in the coming weeks. So I think with all those sort of um, capabilities that come in addition to just the platform, they should be you know they should be abused and overused as much as possible.
0: And I think that's great advice. Listen, I uh, we appreciate you pushing us because we we have no interest in being just some rudimentary software vendor for you you know we appreciate being a trusted advisor to you and this is a two-way street so thank you for the partnership ryan i always appreciate these conversations because i always learn something from the way you and jeffries are thinking about this so uh, once again uh, ryan thank you so much for your insights thank you for your leadership and more importantly thank you for your uh partnership We, we we look forward to continuing that so thank you again Ryan for joining us. And thank you to the participants on this podcast who are listening in. We hope you found it uh, useful. So thank you again all very much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.